Hello, everyone, and happy Thursday. We made it another week. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hello, hello, my darling ones. We are back. We had a freaking hell of a week. I mean, the fact that we had the State of the Union and Super Bowl, basically like the State of the Union was my Super Bowl, but we had those in over a matter of days. It felt like Twitter was alive for a brief period of time. So we're going to get into it. And we're today very, very lucky to have one of my favorite people in the universe, a very familiar with podcast type of person, the most incredible Lara Naiman, who before you speak, Lara, I'm going to get your title in here because we practiced this a few times. Lara is the director of creative operations for New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. Close. The director of creative operations for Pivot. At. Oh, for Pivot. Oh my God. They, <laughs> see, I missed that part. No, but to be clear, I made that title up for myself and I am the only one who uses it. <laughs> the director of creative operations at Pivot. So for those of you, if you're listening to my podcast, I am pretty sure you're familiar with the Pivot podcast with my arch nemesis, Kara Swisher, <laughs> and Scott Galloway, who are, is many people's arch nemesis. And Lara is the person who makes that, that happen. And whenever there's something that really annoys me or if there's some sort of edit that I feel has to be made, even though it's not really true, I immediately text Lara and we immediately talk about it. And I am an avid Pivot fan as much as it can infuriate me at times. And as a result, Lara and I are now in each other's lives. It's brought us together. It's one of the things I'm most grateful for from this job is that I get to be friends with you and we've gone on so many work trips together that just ended up being fun trips for us. And I love that I get people are like, do you work for Kara? Do you work for Vox? Because like I'm constantly on these quote work trips, which are usually overseas and we have a great time. But I do have to give a little history of our relationship. So Lara and I met in Hamburg, Germany, who was sprung on me, by the way, as a classic Kara Swisher. Kara and I were going to Hamburg. I was like, anything I need to know? No, no, I'm doing this conference, da, 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 da. And that was in the trip where we ended up then going to London to do this Top Gun premiere, which I've talked about. But in Hamburg, we arrive in this beautiful regal hotel and I've not been to Hamburg. And let me just say, for those of you considering a trip to Germany. I love this city. I thought Hamburg was one of the most beautiful cities in Europe and it's very green and everybody rides their bikes. And I just, I loved it. And there is this woman, Lara, who is just, she's like, I got the keys. I got this. I got that. I'm like, who, what is happening? Who are you? And she's like, I'm the producer. I work with Kara. I'm here. I'm here with you. And I was like, this is amazing. I had no idea that you were going to be here. And Kara was like, I told you. She did. Well, then on the other side, you had flown in with her. And I think the first thing I noticed about you was you were carrying all of her shit. And you were like, <laughs> I've been following her for seven hours and she keeps just picking up fruit, taking bites out of it and leaving it places. And then I go behind her and I pick up her trash and her fruit and her phone. Kara has this very weird habit. And I'll tell you what, the people at the Lufthansa check-in at, at the Dulles airport were like, shout out to them. They were saints. Kara ate an apple and she played 
placed said apple. She took two bites out of this apple. She placed the apple like a five-year-old on the counter, face down on the ticket counter, like forgetting that it's COVID, forgetting that it's, <laughs> it's just human manners. You don't, and like for their sake and yours, like you don't put a bitten apple down on the surface of the ticket counter as she's trying to get her tickets and passport. By the way, very nervous about everything, even though we went two and a half hours before the flight. And I lifted up said apple to the delight of the ticket person who was like, thank you, whispering to me. (laughs) But there was like eight more times. She put it on the conveyor belt of the security. Yes, she sure did. She sure did. Sometimes she kept it in her mouth. Like I think of like a suckling pig when it's going to my God. No, no, no. My boss would never, not my boss. <laughs> not that she, just the fact that she would walk around with the, with the apple in her teeth. It was just, it's a strange thing. But the story that I, I feel is most relevant to a pop culture podcast mm-hmm is that Hamburg is not, you know, you think of Berlin, you think of Munich, you don't necessarily think of Hamburg as the sort of mainstay. There was a conference going on. We were in this beautiful old hotel. And the next morning after arriving, I had told Lara that I was going to go to do breakfast, go have breakfast, likely Kara not going to wake up for breakfast. So I knew this was going to be a solo adventure. So I then throw on my leggings. I did not look cute. I had like workout clothes. I had my hair in a bun. I looked cute. I mean, I appreciate that, but Mm -hmm. let's be real. I had not a stitch of makeup on. I was probably a little jet laggy looking. I had my hair in a top knot and I looked very American, like leggings, sneakers, a little sweatshirt. I was going to go, you know, get some exercise. And I go into the little restaurant that's off, like it's sort of like a maze to get to. And it's a beautiful little restaurant in this hotel with a woman at the podium waiting to seat you. And it has all the food stations. So like as you'd see in Germany, a a table filled with meats and cheeses. And then around the corner, there was the egg guy who was doing all of the eggs and then you could get waffles and pancakes. And something to note is that this restaurant was totally empty. There was nobody in this restaurant to my, uh, like there were no other seats that I saw that were taken. And so the maitre d' put me in this little beautiful corner table that had like a barrier wall, which is important. So I am so delighted. I have my book and I have my phone and I am now going to go and eat like I would never eat in America. I was getting meats and cheeses and eggs and breads and butter and the entire situation. (laughs) So I go and I do that. I have a plate filled with all of the meats and cheeses that I could with like, you know, a a little smorgasbord, if you will. And I had another plate now with scrambled eggs and some toast and all of that. I turn to head back to my table and where that barrier wall is, is one other person sitting at a table. And that one person is an ex of mine, a, oh. a very well-known writer-director whose name rhymes with Benton Fer- Ferrarino. <laughs> mm. And to be clear, things did not end on good terms with us. In fact, they've ended in an incredibly toxic way that I'm still probably dealing with in therapy. And it was all around, like, you could have asked me, like, the, the last person on earth you would want to see would have been that person. And there he was. And there I was with my plates of food, by the way, and my top knot. And I 
I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, my entire body started to shake. You could see the plate shaking. I mean, you know, when you just that adrenaline and he, he proceeded to try to get up and say hello. And I just lifted up my plate and I go, no, no, not today. No, no. (laughs) And I go and I sit down now completely held hostage in my table, which is hidden now. We are separated by that partition wall, but he knows I'm around the wall. I know he's around the wall. We're both sitting there. I'm looking at this food I can't do anything and I text Lara and I go and I explained I am being held hostage the ex is sitting there I don't know what to do and you say I will be there in 45 seconds and you were it did take me a little longer because I did get distracted as I was heading towards you because I knew this was an emergency I was heading towards you but I was mildly distracted by the meat buffet Um, Because I can't walk past a buffet without being distracted. And then I could see you guys sitting on either side of the partition. And to be clear, he's wearing like a very threadbare white V-neck shirt through which I can see his nipples. Yeah, it was not a good, Um, he was not looking his best. I was not looking my best. He wasn't expecting to see you either. But you, can we talk about what you were wearing? Because I remember it vividly. I don't remember. I don't remember. I look bad. I look good though, right? You were wearing the cat onesie. Is that right? Like, don't you have like a, a jumpsuit? I mean, that sounds right. It sounds like I would. Like a jumpsuit with cats on it or some sort of wild jumpsuit. Maybe it didn't have cats. Maybe I just associate you because she, you're a cat mother. But it was a jumpsuit. I'm a cat lady. Thank you for calling me a cat mother and not a cat lady. The, no, you're a cat mother. Term. I yeah, mean, yeah. my Lord. Um, your cat is famous, but you mm. were wearing a jumpsuit. In my mind, it had a lot of cats. That's where my memory goes. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. Let's but it was a it jumpsuit. It was one of your amazing jumpsuit situations. Mm -hmm. You came right down. You did not stop at the meat counter. You may have glanced. That man owes me his life. Yeah, well, he sure does because I was shaking and I, you found me and I didn't know how to even proceed. I was like, I don't know how to exit this situation. And so then I did have a couple of plans that you were maybe going to do. You were like, maybe going to like, well, there was a moment where I wanted to do Real Housewives of New Jersey, Teresa, turn the table. Prostitution whore. Prostitution whore and (laughs) lift the table up on him and knock it all over the script that he was working. Working on or reading. Prostitution whore, you are f***ing gay 19 times? You f***ing you That was definitely one. With his nipples. And his nipples. The other was that I, I did. I was like, we're just going to sit here. And I fake laughed. I was like, <laughs> because <that's laughs> right. I wanted, I wanted him to hear that. Like, but not only my laugh, but that I was totally, completely comfortable in this situation. Fun. Totally fine. Happy life. Meanwhile, like the fact is the last time we saw each other was in a very different situation, circumstances in my apartment as he was heading off on a plane, kissing me, saying, I'll see you later. Never, never to be seen again. And there we are in a random basement restaurant or lobby restaurant of a I do need to clarify at this point. Did you, do you realize we were staying at the Four Seasons? That, I don't, was like, it a Four Seasons? It was, yeah, it was all in German, so we couldn't tell. Like, it was like, Der I Schmack thought it was like Fliegen. Four Seasons Ritz-Carlton. It was like all of the names Maybe of every hotel. <laughs> it was like Four Seasons Ritz-Carlton Hyatt Radisson. Yeah, it was yeah, like one of those situations. One of those compound German, German words, yeah. Anyway, then, the, so you saved me. We got out of there. You extracted me like it was like Black Hawk Down. I mean, you really did. You came in and- There was you, some commando rolling, some grabbing some meat on the way out. 
we did grab, we were, I was trying to show my calmness, which was obvious. Yes. And then we like jumped in the elevator and I was shaking, shaking, shaking. Yes. Only to be met with later that day, the throngs of fans, like hundreds and hundreds of people outside of the hotel and photographers that were there to get a glimpse of, of Benton Harahino. Um, <laughs> and and I got, we were getting out of the car, going back into the hotel. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to be coming out. I was terrified. And even Kara got into it. Kara's like, run, get in the elevator, run, run. And I was like elbowing the fans. Like you fucking, mm-hmm. he's a jerk. That guy's yeah. a jerk. You guys I'm have like, terrible taste. So terrible right. taste. I did say that. I did say that. Oh my God. I was like, you have terrible taste. And the Germans are like, what? And I'm elbowing them. And then I run into the elevator, which had a little bench in it. And I sat down waiting like for- Julia Roberts and pretty woman. Yeah. Rip my stocking. Oh no, that was the other lost in translation. My, my stocking has a run in it. I'm not wearing any stockings. And, and obviously from that point on, we've it's been, been friends love. ever since. It's yes. been love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've had even more adventures. We just came back from, well, we were back in Munich. Germany. We were in Munich and then London again. Just one of my favorite things in life is when you and Kara and I sit down to have schnitzel, which for some reason, is an annual occurrence that the three of us sit down and have schnitzel for dinner. It's and not just an annual. It's like when we're in Germany, all we do is eat schnitzel <laughs> every meal. We went to a different restaurant every time we're there. And it's a blessing. And we just get the schnitzel. Mm-hmm. And in that particular dinner that night, the most recent one where we had so much food and the waiter was concerned for us. <laughs> concerned. He didn't know who he was dealing with. And we ate it all. We had French fries and potato latkes and coleslaw and potato salad. And like, it was a whole situation. It's all an apple strudel. Like they don't understand and Americans. the sausage like, plate. Oh, we always get a sausage appetizer. Yeah. Kara's yeah. a sausage pusher, ironically. So Yeah. I mean, Kara who doesn't eat meat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But Larry, you, by the way, I want to get into pop culture, but I did listen. So today, by the way, we are in the time machine. You're going to listen to this on Thursday. There may be breaking pop culture news between now and then. Apologies. But today we are recording this on Valentine's Day, which is a blessing, really, because Larry, like, will you be my We love each other. Yeah. We do love each other. But I was listening to Pivot today in the car, because that's what I do now that I live in Los Angeles. I, I listen to podcasts in the car. And very rarely do I relate to Scott Galloway. I mean, I think he's wonderful. He's talented. But I just don't relate to him on any level, except for today, when he was talking about how Kara was in his apartment. And then he she left. She had to go back to Washington. And he's recording a podcast or something. And then he hears sounds. And there's a stranger or something somebody like a, another person that is not Kara in his house doing, having like a big call and waving to him. Like it was the most normal thing. Like, hi, how are you? Thanks. You know, and Scott's like, this is my house. And then also talked about how Kara's sister-in-law, Her sister-in-law stayed with him. And like, you know, I could just see the two of them like in their bathrobes over coffee. Like it's very strange, but you know, I related to that because I let Kara stay at my apartment occasionally in New York City, like over over the course of years. And there were times when I wasn't there and I still meet people to this day. I met somebody at the White House Correspondents Brunch at Tammy Haddad's event last year. And they were like, oh, my God. Yeah, your apartment's amazing. I loved it. It was such a fun party. And I was like, oh, yeah, you were. Kara has parties. (laughs) 
dinner parties with very famous, powerful people like Ariana was there, Jane Lynch was there. None of these parties have I ever been to. Either was Do you think those people looked in your medicine cabinet and do you wonder what they thought when they saw what was there? I know. I mean, fortunately, all the good meds always are on on me all the time. Okay, so good. Good, good, good. <laughs> but they saw a lot of like, you know, I don't know, Benadryl and uh, mm. and NyQuil, Z-Quil or whatever. But yeah, I always just, turn my gas pills around when I think I might be expecting company. I love those so. gas sex pills. Those are important. I mean, especially if you're when Jewish, you know. So. I learned that I can't have lentil soup, split pea soup, any kind of barley soup. These are all no, n- not happening for me. But anyway, no. I thought today's pivot, when I listened to that, I was like, Kara is, she just moves into people's houses and takes over. Leaves fruit. Leaves fruit behind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we are a pop culture podcast. And for those of you just tuning in and never having listened to my podcast before, this is basically a place where we talk about all the things you're too embarrassed to ask about or too embarrassed to acknowledge you know about. And so let's get into it. I think for me, top of mind, now we're we're a couple days post Super Bowl, which was apparently a football game played by two teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles, the, Look at you so I know. much. The Kansas City Chiefs won, and I will say their colors were very vibrant. I like that mm, red. It popped mm. on the TV screen. I do love the story out of the Super Bowl that I didn't know about at all, except for TikTok, which were the Kelsey brothers. The older brother plays as a center for the Eagles, and the younger <gasps> brother is a tight end for yes, the Kansas hot. City Chiefs, who is definitely more my type, but they yes. are adorable and their mother was wearing like both the jerseys like sewn together that's Donna I know the whole family Donna and Ed Kelsey like I'm obsessed with them I wish I grew up with them Travis what'd you say to your brother in the hug with the confetti there's nothing you can really say to uh, a loved one in in a situation like that you joke around all the time and say that you want to be your brother in the biggest stage ever but it's a it's a weird feeling there's nothing really I could say to him other than I love him. And he played a hell of a year, a hell of a season. The brothers also have a podcast, which I have now subscribed to. I am oh, here that is for, so supportive. I mean, I love them. And they, there was one interview, I put it in the newsletter, where they'd ask their dad, like, what do you feed two growing NFLs? Like, how did you raise two NFL players? And he was like, it's simple. You always have a protein, a carb, and fruit and vegetable. And the boys were like, uh, dad, never in our lives did we have vegetables. Like, not well, once. did you... The parents said something like when those boys moved out, they were saving like $10,000 a month. Check my numbers on that. But it was something I'm, I'm a little hyperbole. We're there. not really fact checkers here at Pop no. Culture Mondays fact on Thursday. <laughs> this isn't pivot. No. Um, but yeah, I'm sure those kids ate them out of house and home. But I also love like they have these fashion shots. Like I really am an advocate. I'm an advocate of us doing red carpets for big championship games because the athletes, basketball, baseball, football, these guys are bringing fashion. And I, you know, we're going to talk about fashion week in a few minutes, but they brought the fashion except for the older Kelsey brother. They have him showing up. Like he looks like, like a lumberjack, like big beard, which is hot in its own way. Totally. People have a vibe for that. And he's wearing like a t-shirt and like the sports shorts, you know, he just comes Mm -hmm. in, he's looks like a tough guy. And then you have his brother who's like, I don't, I'm making up what he's wearing, but like he could have been a a light camo. Yeah, it was a light camo with like a matching Louis bag. Vuitton, like the whole yeah. thing was a camo matching jacket, Moment. coat, 
bag, hat, like accessories. It was a whole situation. And then they, and I love how they're like, this is the dad. And then this is fun uncle. Like you have yes. daddy Kelsey and fun uncle Kelsey. And you're like, and by fun uncle, they meant gunkle, but we can't make that pronouncement. No, he's just, oh, please. No, I, no, I don't think he's gay. He oh, just dresses really well. I bet so. he is gay because if, if I'm in love with him and attracted to him, the likelihood <laughs> exactly. that he's homosexual <laughs> is pretty yeah. high. I'm just going to yeah. say. And on that note, what did you think? Did you did you watch the Rihanna show live? I only watched the Rihanna show. I only watched it. And to be fair, I was doing a little bit of work. So my friends evilly, like I had it on pause. I was going to work for 10 minutes and then watch. So they evilly had texted me like, oh my God, is she pregnant? So that's... And I think every single household or party or game or text chain was like, because I am so excited for this concert, right? We haven't seen Rihanna perform. She has not played new music. It was expected that the announcement of her new tour was going to happen shortly after the Super Bowl halftime show. Obviously, that did not happen. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited. And when she comes out and, and it's, and I've been to Super Bowls. So the halftime show is a spectacle spectacular. Yes. Everybody does it very quickly. It's put together the stages put together very quickly. It's like, it's an, it's a spectacle spectacular. We were guessing who were going to be the surprise guests. I was definitely holding out hope that it was going to be Tom Holland, the actor, you know, Spider-Man because of his lip sync or die. Lip Sync or Die, where he did... No, it's Lip Sync um, Battle, sorry. Oh, yeah, Lip Sync Battle, hosted by Chrissy Teigen. Zendaya was there, and he dressed up and did Umbrella with the rain pouring down. I mean, I I have it in the video. We'll put it down in the show notes. It's horny-making. Horny-making. And and it's captivated us uh, on a global level, because that thing has more views than I can even, um, like... Probably the Super Bowl. Probably the Super Bowl at this point, (laughs) surely. I mean, it's got more than 28 million views. So this is what we're wondering. Who are the guests going to be? What What's going to happen? And she comes out and she's in this gorgeous red. I guess they say that the cape was in a tribute to Andre. I can't. Yes. Andre Leontali. You're great. Thank you. And she was wearing a Lueve bustier that was like so perfect. But I, we all are like, oh my God, wait, when the belt was below the belly and, and she had the cape open, it's like, is Rihanna pregnant? And then inevitably, and I think in every single situation, there was that one person that's like, guys, no, this is body positivity. She's f- just a few months postpartum because we think of her as that just having me. a baby. Like, you know, this is amazing. She's showing off like this is a real girl who, who had a baby a few months ago and that's baby weight. And I, I mean, to be, to be clear, I look like that. I had a lovely (laughs) holiday season. I did not, you know. Yeah. If I'm going to be wearing a leotard or of any kind, you're going to see that's what my belly looks like on a normal day. But I'm thinking it's Rihanna. So I was like going back and forth, like, okay, wait, I understand that whole, this is so bad of us to be hypercritical and not that it was critical but like oh she must be pregnant instead of no this is a why real are we woman. focusing on the art i know of i know but we were, yeah. and it couldn't yeah. it just no i mean that's what people were asking but then you know listen i loved it there were no surprise guests except for baby the baby the baby was a surprise so, guest i also thought maybe for a second that it was a safety harness because i was very nervous for her on those floating platforms and so i hoped she was wearing some sort of safety harness like the level of denial i was in that she might be pregnant i don't know why i 
didn't want her to be. I feel that she was in a parachute. I thought it was going to be a whole parachute. That thing. <laughs> like a Lady Gaga jumping off. Jump. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. we have another parachute situation. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the more angles that she was doing, and let's be clear, there, there are some people I've spoken to, some really big fans of Rihanna, some very culturally connected people who feel like we're being gaslit right now into thinking that was the greatest performance of all time. When they are like, we have Prince, we have Gaga, we have J-Lo, like Beyonce. Beyonce. Those are the great, great performances. And this was Rihanna. Rihanna looked like she was like basically like filing her nails when she was like, she wasn't really, I mean, nobody really sings in these situations, but she didn't even make an attempt to try to pretend really. She was, you know, but I personally loved it. I loved the whole, like, whatever she was doing with her butt and then the sniff, the, like, crotch crawl and then sniff. And then when, you know, diamonds, and she basically does the baby reveal because she holds her belly at that point. And I loved it, but I also understand why my friends are like, she didn't do anything. She just, like... She had a bunch of white sperm dancing around. Yeah, the sperm were amazing. I thought the best review was like, I think Gary Janetti said, I'm heading over to Twitter to see whether or not I liked Rihanna. Yes, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Gary Janetti, always really the sort of voice of the zeitgeist. Perfect. And I will say I loved it, but I did get schooled by some people yesterday saying, you're being gaslit. Like you're saying it because people are saying it's like Rihanna, but there was no, there was no new music. There was no real dancing or production amazing choreography yeah I liked it more in retrospect than I liked it in the moment because she was I mean I was like a the balls to be like just me nobody else here just me and like everybody else around her was just like a white outfit and the monochromacity which is a word I've just invented of the entire thing I mean I was like it's very postmodern. Yes, I agree. And I think monochromacity should be a word if it does not Thank exist. Thank you. The TikTokers, yeah. the creators are genius, but they've been able to pinpoint, you know how they had a bunch of them on risers in the up. Yeah. Uh, so they were able to pinpoint like two of them that just went rogue and didn't give a fuck about the choreography and were doing their own dances. <laughs> So I find that amazing. I think obviously everybody now has seen the American Sign Language interpreter who was bringing it. Now her show, she was dancing a hundred thousand times more than Rihanna was. Also, Rihanna has a baby in there. Like, and by the way, like a pretty big baby that was like second semester baby. But she's never been second semester. I mean, I'm also like, cause I have heard, I myself have never pooped out a baby, but I hear that what happens is your second baby, you pop out more. So she could be like four to five months along. Yeah. But what I think about like, and I'm sorry to always bring this back to Beyonce, which I'm proud Beehive member. And if there were a Super Bowl between Beyonce and Rihanna, B's my girl. But at the same time, this has reignited my love for Rihanna music, which 100%. I think is the point. Listen, Rihanna is a badass Bayesian woman. She is from Barbados. Like I have a very strong affinity for all things uh, Caribbean, but I spent a big chunk of my childhood in Barbados. And I just, you know, there is an attitude there. There is a a vibe of like, just, I don't know. I learned about being- bitch better have my money. I learned about being a strong woman from people in Barbados and women in Barbados and Jamaica. 
Jamaica. I learned how to be that. Like I did not have that cultural reference until my time with Caribbean women. And I loved it. I think it was interesting hearing Scott and Kara talk about the the ads on the Super Bowl, whether they were effective or whether the ad, quite simply, the brand that won Super Bowl was Fenty. Fenty Beauty. I'm gonna disagree with you because I could not see. I didn't realize that was a Fenty compact. I was like, she's just showing how much she doesn't care by touching up her makeup. I couldn't see it was Fenty. But, but, for, but what happens is, yes, in the moment, but what Scott's point was that the, the ads that win, it wasn't about that moment itself. It's about the before and after, and it's all the impact. All of the social media has zoomed in on like, that bitch is badass and she's touching up her makeup. And it was, she knew, you know, they, what I didn't realize that artists don't get paid to perform at the halftime show. And, you know, you're going to get obviously the biggest awareness you've ever gotten. But the fact of the matter is she has not been making music the last few years. She has been building unbelievable businesses. Like we talk about entrepreneurs out of Silicon Valley all the time. That's my world or tech world, whatnot. The fact is, Rihanna is an unbelievable entrepreneur. She has Fenty Beauty, which is a top makeup brand and incredible. She is Savage by Fenty, which is lingerie. All of these are inclusive brands. The lingerie-based inclusivity in terms of shape and size and makeup inclusivity in terms of color and color range. It's an incredible thing she's done. And I felt like, oh, we're like, and I know all of these performers now, everybody has multiple brands going on or whatnot. But in this particular situation I just feel like Rihanna is the trifecta of entrepreneur entertainer she's in on the joke she just represents so much of the modern woman and I just I love to see it and it it brought me great joy I was trying to think of anybody who's that far, like it's been seven years since she performed in public. I don't know how long it's been since her last album. And I was trying to think what celebrity who's progressed past the music do we still want music from? Like Jessica Simpson, someone you can also say like made a lot of money post music and post- Jessica's turned herself into an entrepreneur for sure. For right, sure. And nobody's like, where's our Jessica Simpson music? Nobody's asking for that, you no. know? No, it's true. Well, and I think as Rihanna is a true artist, I don't know, there's just- the vibe that she has. And I will say, I don't know her partner. I've never met him. Is it ASAP Rocky? He's, mm-hmm. But my friend Britt and others who do know him say he's like literally the nicest, most darling person in the world. And is, I want that for her. And you want that. Like it's so, you know, he's a supportive. And so now the next thing that's taken off is his support of her in the audience. So excited. So like singing her songs, dancing, like, and now all of us are like, get yourself a man who looks at you like ASAP Rocky looks at Rihanna. It was just, there's so many things. So for me, the Fenty brand, I think the searches went up 880% post Super Bowl for Fenty. And obviously the people in watching it in the moment who didn't know Fenty didn't know that was Fenty, but it was all the carryover in on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and, you know, group texts and all of that, that Fenty has now sort of had its huge Super Bowl moment and they didn't have yeah. to pay $7 million for it. Absolutely. And it's a pretty remarkable thing. But I will say the one ad that you're your people did not talk about, which I do think was from a paid advertisement was the best. I love like two brands coming together and doing an advertisement together. So like the Netflix GM e-vehicles with Will Ferrell and all the Netflix shows, that was my favorite 
ad. I loved it. I loved that you just, it's sort of like, again, I talk a lot about it here when like animals that you don't think should be friends, like a... (laughs) A tiger and a kid. Interspecies friendship makes me weep. Interspecies friendships. Those are my favorite. And that's what I think of like when two, not that they're competing. GM is a car company and Netflix is a media entertainment company. But I still like the sort of like, they came together for a grander cause. Let's talk about the electric vehicles. And I like that Netflix is doing that. I thought it was a really great mission-driven ad. I did not know that they are really pursuing, pushing electric vehicles and any any show that's going to have a, a car in it. And I liked it. So to me, that was my favorite concept ad and execution. I do want to ask you something based on your sort of expertise in your career. And not to bring it back to Rihanna, so we were all asking during the Super Bowl, like, is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? And then like maybe a good 20 minutes afterwards, people was like, people has confirmed that Rihanna is pregnant. Yeah, her spokesperson confirmed. Right. But does that, is that something that they planned yes. and people is embargoed? 1,000%. And then tell me how that works. Tell me how that, how do they keep it a secret without leaving? How they kept it a secret is wild because clearly, you know, the NFL knew all of the people doing rehearsals. I mean, the insurance company would have had to know the insurance company would know <laughs> I, unless she did rehearsals in just all oversized clothing. But I mean, the amount of people that probably knew that kept that shit tight in this day mm-hmm. and age and everybody was expecting the tour. Everybody was expecting, and she did drop hints. She's like, yeah, I might have a surprise guest that she did. She knew exactly what she was talking about. Her surprise guest was baby number two. And And, you know, I think that it goes back to she made the decision to bring the baby out like four months ago or three months ago, the debut of maybe it wasn't even that two months ago, the Rihanna first baby debut on TikTok, her first, she, this is, I feel like she's like Taylor Swift in those, like laying those Easter eggs. Like she's been giving hints left and right. So this was totally planned. There was no way that she was going to wear that. It wasn't like, oh shit, people are wondering if I'm pregnant, if we need to send out a statement. It was entirely planned. I imagine, you know, there's still the tour is the one sort of thing to me, especially because I work close to the music people. I imagine they were trying to figure out whether or not the tour, because I think she was supposed to do like like a residency or that's the rumor was that she was going to Well, this do- happened again with Beyonce and Coachella because remember it was suddenly like, whoops, she's got twins, we're postponing Coachella. So like these things can be, you know, rescheduled. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's be clear, whether it's now or in 24 months, we're all going to go see Rihanna and yeah. whatever mm-hmm. setup that it is. So. More so now. Yeah, more so now. I think it was a win for her all the way around, um, especially the man that we don't like to to talk about in the newsletter, the former president. Um, when his panties mm-hmm. get up in a twist, which he was leading up to the Super Bowl, um, putting out on Truth Social, <laughs> his feelings. No, he, of- that was his own, like, he he secretly loves Rihanna, and this was his, like, pile on he was piling onto her publicity and he can step. Well, that's off. exactly right. Um, you know, he's upset because Rihanna rightfully as, as a good, strong, independent thinking woman or a person, but artist in this particular way, because this didn't used to be, we couldn't used to like, you know, stand up for that and you'd be crucified. She has stood up on um, against Trump and during his presidency. So he got his panties up in a twist. Then you had George Santos mm. tweeting that the, like somebody asked how, how much of Satan or how much of the devil is going to be part of the halftime show. And George Santos, the moral compass of our nation, tweeted 100%. 
I mean, right. these people are just, it's hilarious. So I feel she won. There is conversations around the world about Rihanna. That baby, it was all planned. That was all strategic, ready to go, lined up. And, you know, just like the the whole display at the end when she cupped her belly, it was a, it was a sign. Everything was mm-hmm. purposeful. And I was here for it. Yes, yeah, same. We're going to talk about Fashion Week, but leading into Fashion Week, we're going to go back a few more days, and that is the State of the Union, which I, mm. by the way, wasn't even going to watch. It's always more of the same. I find these things painful. I was walking my dog, and my friend's like, I can't talk right now. I'm watching the State of the Union. So I was looking at it on Twitter, the one time I'd been on Twitter in the last few days at that point, and I started to get FOMO. I was like, I'm having FOMO for the State of the Union. They're talking about the ridiculous outfits. They're talking about the sort of punchiness. And so I raced back to the house and turned on the State of the Union, which was about 10 minutes in by the time I started. And I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I thought Biden was punchy and definitely everybody's saying it's the most, you know, confrontational State of the Union that we've had in recent years or history. And I thought it was great. But the ridiculousness of the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the people yelling and screaming and all of that. And then the fashion, the Kristen Cinema dressed up like Big Bird and what's her name is like looking for her Dalmatians to kill like <laughs> Marjorie MTG. I have a friend who whenever there's a Republican convention in town, she runs and stands outside and yells, who are you wearing at all of the ladies who walk in? And usually they're, you know, they're like this. I just got this at Neiman Marcus, you know, but like, (laughs) who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? I will say I am all for a red carpet at sporting events. I want to see the athletes. Mm -hmm. I am not for a red carpet at political things. I I don't think a state of the union is an appropriate place to be, you know, using it as like, it's just, it was so thirsty calling for attention. And what are your thoughts? What, why? Why are they doing this? Well, one time um, I interviewed the great Tim Gunn and he called the State of the Union. Just like, I don't even remember. It was, he had a book out, you know, not too long ago, maybe five years or whatever. Love that Tim Gunn. In my baby journalism career. And his whole point is the worst fashion on the planet is on display at the White House Correspondents' Dinner when you see the politicos of D.C. come in. And he's like, those people are not fashion people. They shouldn't try. It's always terribly upsetting to me. It's always terribly upsetting to me. It's like going to a hardware store for milk. You cannot go to a political event for fashion. I've never heard that line. Well, I think my body was so offended by what I was dealing with at the White House Correspondents' Weekend last weekend, that (laughs) last year, that I fell promptly on my birthday and broke my nose and cut up my face and got COVID. So, well, I think we can blame fashion for that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful stilettos and cobblestones that did it. And, Mm. and maybe a couple of martinis, but we're not, we're not getting (laughs) into that. What was Kristen Cinema wearing? What was that yellow monstrosity with wings? I mean, I feel like if it had been on somebody else, it would have been great. Yeah. Like put it on Cara Delevingne would have been great. Yeah. It's just like she makes an outfit bad. Like no matter what she puts on, it's going to be horrible. So I just I found the State of the Union stuff amazing. But I will say my favorite was the Mitt Romney, George Santos altercation. And when you saw it, they were like mouth readers and the, the, the mouth readers like I. Is that the right term? Mouth reading? That's it, right? Lip yeah. reading? Lip reading. <laughs> like, <laughs> something's not 
reading. Lip reading. I mean, it is mouth reading, but lip reading. Yeah, I guess that's the appropriate term. And I was reading it on Twitter and they're like, he just, you know, Mitt just said something. And I was like, no, this is hyperbole. We're just, this is what we want to have happened. It's not what happened. Mitt Romney is a, is restrained and... But no, it is what happened. And he's He's so mad. He said what we wanted to say, like, you should be embarrassed. You should be ashamed of yourself for being here. This is, you know, the fact that you have George Santos, that you have Marjorie Taylor Greene, you have Kristen Sinema using these as spectacle spectaculars, you know, forgetting about their politics and their and their whatnot. Just the fact that they're using a state of the union to be trying to be make get attention because of fashion. But the fact is, George Santos is a liar a thief, a like maybe dog murderer. Like there's so many things Mm. that he is that does not belong in the state Capitol. It's horrifying. And as Mitt Romney, who is a real financial CEO or, or executive did make a lot of money in the finance and banking world has become a very dignified politician. Um, he was the right person to deliver that message. In my opinion, he's an elder statesman and has gravitas. And I mean, what's interesting to me, like not to diminish politics by bringing it back to fashion, but George Santos has a look like he's put together a very calibrated look like that sweater, the fake glasses, that jacket, the whole, yeah, the Harry Potter glasses and yeah. Anthony doesn't normally, that's not his look as Anthony, but as George, he's reinvented right. himself. I liked him better as a drag queen. Have you noticed, and I'm telling you, I've gone deep and I encourage all of you to go back and look at, at images of him over the years. I think our friend Georgie, little Georgie Porgy pudding and pie kissed the boys and made them cry. Mm. I think he's had a little bit of lip filler. I think there's a little bit or a lip flip as they, as the, another procedure could be. But I think he has had a lip filler. If you look on the side, you see that, you know, when you have bad filler, you, and we know he already does Botox. He flies out of the country to get his Botox, but I think he also got a lip filler and you'll see certainly in the profile, I am putting my life on it. He got lip filler. I don't know why we'd expect it to be his natural face to begin with. Right. Like that's on brand. He probably has a new face because he was running from the Brazilian <laughs> police for forged checks and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I love fashion, but I am also, I have been invited to fashion shows. Like I've been to Stacey Bendit's, um, Alice and Olivia, and that's the most comfortable I'll feel because she's a friend. But even then I feel like a complete and utter fraud. I can't go to fashion shows. I can't, the anxiety, the, there's no appealing anything for me because I just am like, I am a girl that's comfortable in like her sneakers and her leggings. And I'm a basic bitch on that front. I love fashion. I get dressed up occasionally, but I have no natural skills in that front. So I don't watch I don't fashion. think you have to. I think it's I think that's the gaslighting is like someone can walk down the runway and like whatever. And all it takes is one person to say authoritatively stunning. She ate. This is a serve. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah I know. And I'm good. into it. it. I mean, Devil Wears Prada is still <laughs> one of my favorite movies. I will watch it at yeah. any time. Mm-hmm. It could be on regular television with 20 minute commercial breaks. And I will watch that stuff. Miranda Priestley is everything. But yet, yeah, I am completely intimidated. And, and we did talk about some big viral fashion moments right now. There's the metallic pants, jeans, silver jeans, whatever you want to call it, that are everywhere. There is this Zara bomber jacket that looks like, you know, recycled pieces of flannel cobbled together, mm-hmm. but that every 
Z Gen Z person is trying to get. And then there are these ridiculous, ridiculous, huge rubber red boots that are cartoon boots. Now I've seen those everywhere and I need you to tell me like, is there a backstory? Yeah. So the backstory is it's this brand called Mischief, M-S-C-H-F. And they do these sort of big viral, like, you know, collabs, or I don't know what the, I don't know what the brand that they're doing it with, but this is the Astro Boy boot, which is a cartoon and they are exactly like what they look like. And the boy wearing those boots in the cartoon, they have brought those into the real world. They are very big rubber. They're called the big red boot and they are viral sensation. They go on sale apparently today, Thursday, the 16th. This is the day that the Do you know how much they're going to cost? I'm sure a gazillion dollars people. And, Four million. and so we've watched people like they're hard to walk in. Obviously they're sort of like mm-hmm. very stiff rubber moon boots. And they, th- to me, it's just the next sort of iteration of Kanye, right? And his Yeezys and those ridiculous sort of like boots uh, that he was wearing that that I think he did with Balenciaga or at least whatnot. And so now you have these giant rubberized red boots that people, you can't really walk upstairs in them. I mean, Mm. it's hilarious, but the influencers are wearing them non-ironically. And that's the moment we're in. My granny used to call those kind of shoes good for sitting. Good. Well, that's how I feel about stilettos now. I can't, I mean, I can't even walk five feet in my stilettos. I put them on in the car, generally go to a party for five minutes and then I'm barefoot and that's just the way it's going to be. But tell us, you've been focused on a little fashion moment. What has happened? Before I was working in the world of business and tech, I spent a couple of fashion weeks covering fashion week and I've never been so miserable in my life as covering a fashion week. And it's always like, it's fascinating, but a fashion show, I don't know how many people realize a fashion show is 10 minutes. Like that's it. Because It's not like they have endless amounts of clothes. You just have like, you know, 12. It's not a parade. Right. Yeah. And you go and you sit and you sit and you sit and you wait and you wait. It's also a fashion show seems now like a very big, sort of popular kids like who's in the front row and like mm-hmm. elbowing each other out and it needs to be seen and it's just that sort of thing there's always it- this ranking of which designer has the best front row like which celebrities are in it and it can be like a relaunching for some celebrities sometime and I always wonder like who's decided that this is the year of Demi Moore you know right. and you did talk um, about the relaunch of a very of a of a family well christian siriano had lindsay lohan's younger siblings in a fashion show and i believe something called a cody lohan which is like a younger brother and he came out wearing this beautiful sort of i think it's a dress and then lindsay was sitting in the front row and like that's always like some sort of nostalgia viral moment that brilliantly played bringing back a lohan. christian siriano will get people talking like he'll tap into the nostalgia everyone wants good things for Lindsay, I don't know why, but they still do. And like to have her siblings, because maybe she didn't want to walk. And he was like, good, good. We'll get Cody and Allie and get them to walk. But like how you talk about Christian Siriano, if you don't have anything Was Christian to say. Siriano a winner of Project Runway? He was not just a winner. He was like the winner. Like he was sort of, again, my good friend Tim So Dunn. he's like the Harry Styles of reality show fashion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was sort of the like most successful Project Runway. I mean, you know, the one who's got the most name recognition. And he was in that um, um, Clueless commercial in the Super Bowl. He was one of the, the kids in the classroom that um, Alicia Silverstone was doing her debate on. He was like clapping. Um, he doesn't age. I he have a age. Lindsay Lohan uh, story that goes back to that said 
writer director that you rescued me from. I don't know who we're talking about. And Go on. <laughs> we don't we don't mm. say names. I don't know him. <laughs> uh, but we it was at an after party for a premiere and we were in New York and she came barreling in, was not invited, but got her way in. And she sat us down and she was this was in the thick of her British accent. And I had never <sighs> met her, but she was like this was like 1130, 12 o'clock at night. And she was in the thick of it talking again, non-ironically, like, and she was like, right. So I want to talk about, but like in a weird, not a posh like London she was accent. She's like a Cockney London accent. Mm. And then she asked for my number because it was like her, she and her brother were launching some tech app. I don't remember. And she called me like two days later and she goes, hello, this is Lindsay. And I was hoping you might <laughs> pop around and we could have a tea and talk about, and then she got into like, it went from Cockney to posh to Cockney to posh. And I, I I was like, sure, I'll, uh, I'll have my assistant get in touch with you. And I was like, I never want, yeah. I don't want to have that meeting. Like I did not want to get sucked into that shit show because I'm susceptible yeah. to manipulation. I would have become the girl that was then out partying with Lindsay Lohan. I know it. I would have been like sneaking Adderalls with her and like going to bungalow eight all night. So I, I had to, she would have taken you hostage. She would have, I would have totally fallen prey to that, but I, I stepped aside. But I'm glad to see her back. I, I I have a soft spot. I watched that Christmas movie with her, where which was like a net. You are an ally. I know. You I mean, it ally. was really bad. But Frisco played her dad, Jack Wagner. Frisco from, oh, from anybody. I didn't who, realize that. Yeah, he plays the dad. I mean, if any of you are my generation, General Hospital, mm-hmm. Frisco and Felicia, come on, legendary. Mm-hmm. And then later became Jack in Melrose Place. And, Melrose Place. Yeah. That's, so yeah. anyway, here that's we are. That's when he was my zaddy, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was my zaddy back in the Frisco days. So right. you had him first. Um, okay, well, this has been, I mean, we could just, I could literally do this. Yeah, sorry. sorry. For hours. No, that's like, whatever. But um, if you want more, or you can join us for schnitzel in Vienna. Yes, please. We do have to do Vienna next. We have a yeah. lot of places we have to cover. We'll talk about that offline. We always end the podcast with a marry, a makeout, or a mute. And I have told you this. It could be a fictional. It could be real. It could be an idea. It could be an entity. And I could go first. I have with- gone with an M theme. I'm going to go with an M theme. Oh, good. People okay. whose names start with M. Oh, good. I and like I'm going to start with the Mary is Michael Imperioli. Interesting. Otherwise known as Christopher from The Sopranos. Otherwise known as the sex addict dad in White Lotus season two. Yes. Yeah. This summer I started watching The Sopranos again and then White Lotus was on. It would be very sexually confusing for me how he would go between ages, between depending on what show I was watching. But he also is like, a Tibetan Buddhist or maybe some other type of Buddhist in real life. And he has like a rock band that occasionally plays concerts in New York. And like, this man is sexy. Like, I think back in the day he was considered like sexy, ugly, like, like a Harvey Keitel, but that is a sexy ass man. Okay. And I feel like he's also nice. So whenever I have a crush on somebody, I've determined that they're also nice. And so I think he's, he's a Mary. Maloney, comma, Christopher, is for my makeout. Um, A.K.A. Elliot Stabler. I'm yeah. a Stabler junkie. 
No, so he's my makeout just because obviously, like he's been he a zaddy. Is zaddy from he is. Uh, you know, do you know this is a little secret? I'm staying in a house that doesn't have a TV in the room, but I, <gasps> I know, but I have my computer. I'm so sorry, I watch it okay, and I, okay. I always fall asleep to the TV. I know people are aghast by that, but I do, and I have a thing, and it's Law and Order SVU. It doesn't even matter. I've seen it 84 times that episode. I will watch so it. So soothing, and, it, it, so and then soothing. I turn the sleep thing on you know the remote so it goes it turns off while I'm sleeping now without the tv I have it on my laptop and I'm playing it you know on Hulu and I'm I fall asleep to Stabler I'm only doing seasons with Stabler Mm. and (laughs) so it's like 10 seasons and then I wake up at three in the morning still because I haven't there's no sleep functionality on my computer and it just plays right through. And so I wake up. He's still up, there. He's been with you all night. I, I mean, it's crazy. And then I have to like, you know, sort of close my computer. But for that minute, I'm awake thinking about Stabler. So he, I approve of this message. Well, I feel like in real life, he's probably works out a little too much. Like, yeah, I would get bored. Yeah. Uh, so that's why it's just a make out and not a marriage. Okay, got it. And my mute... And this is odd because I don't think I've really ever heard him talk, but he annoys me so much. Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, God. Yes, there is that big news that came out this week, too. Machine Gun Kelly, who's like, by the way, I didn't realize he's like eight feet tall. That guy has no identity. He does not know anything about himself. And he's been engaged to... I'm calling him Megan Kelly because of... My gays call them Megan Kelly. Yeah, so yeah. She, Megan... Fox, Fox yeah. and Machine Gun And Kelly. Megan yeah. Fox, who's been a completely manufactured woman. Like, she was beautiful, yeah. but now she's, you know, got all the surgery. And they had a, they, the rumor is that they have broken up or that because of cheating, whatnot, she, lots of cryptic messages. I well, just, she left David Silver of 90210 for him. Yeah. Yeah. Who has also got, he's complicated, but I, oh, okay. I find Machine Gun Kelly makes my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. So I totally I just like I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what music he makes. I don't know why he's famous. I just I visually mute him. I don't need to see him anymore. OK, I'm totally into that. Um, I would who I would make out with Rihanna. I just Rihanna mm-hmm. pregnant mm-hmm. Rihanna with all things you, Rihanna. She deserves that. I would yeah. just you know, I mean, she doesn't I she didn't even need to do anything. Just I just want to like. Make out with her and just like it's respectful. Yeah, very respectful. She can put makeup on me and mm-hmm. dress me up in her Savage by Fenty lingerie and just you know I right. know that she belongs to ASAP Rocky. You can stand under her umbrella. Hundred yeah. percent. I would definitely marry and make out, but marry those Kelsey brothers, the two of them. I just think yes. it would be so <laughs> much fun. I mean, maybe they work yeah. out too much, but I just feel like they are like freaking frack. They are, they complete. You don't run a, out of food in their house. No, they would feed me. I would be eating like hungry man <laughs> meals and pizza rolls. Yeah. Like I find myself very, very captivated by that. Yeah. And I know this is so boring, but like I, I have to stop myself from responding to every tweet. Like I, I even tweeted last night, like a some poll about George Santos and the people that work for him. But I have to mute George Santos because it does, I am obsessed with him. I am obsessed with the idea that he gets away with the shit that he gets away with. And I am obsessed with just the hypocrisy and the lunacy of every single detail about him. And it takes up too much space in my brain. So I'd like to mute George Santos. It's a, it's something I have to be really, really proactive. Excellent about. choice. Excellent um, Well, Lara, I told you I wasn't going to need more than 35 minutes, and we've gone almost in an hour. Maybe David, our amazing producer, a.k.a. Dwayne, 
can edit a little, but thank you. Cut it down. Cut it, slash and burn. <laughs> we we do very little slashing and burning here at Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. And for that, I am taking a break. I will not have a podcast or a newsletter next week. I hope you guys miss me. This is episode 42, which is very strange to me. But I will be in Jamaica in my happy place with my friends and my favorite food and my favorite music and my favorite cocktails, a golden eye. And if you want to find me, find me on Instagram because I will obviously be living there as much as I do, which is probably unhealthy. But thank you so much, you guys. And I'll see you the week after next. And Lara, I'll call you soon. Love you. Love you. Pop culture.